It's really well done. I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, she did a very good job. She made the bun like very realistic. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to It's Not Me, It's COVID with Courtney Allen. I'm your host, Courtney. This podcast series is going to be all about dating during COVID. Yes, we are in a pandemic and don't know how long this is going to last. But people want that attention, affection, and connection. So why the fuck not make a podcast all about that? Zoom calls, FaceTime dates, texting, dating apps, ghosting, how hard it is to actually date, especially during this time in our lives. And who knows, maybe some one-on-one socially distanced dates. We're going to talk all about that. So strap in and feel the feels. Hope you like it, because here we go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, friends. It is 8.15 in the morning for me on the West Coast. That is not very um, late or early. It's not very early on the East Coast or anywhere else. But, you know, when you wake up at 3.30 and you really couldn't go back to sleep, you kind of feel like a potato. Yes. (laughs) I've been calling myself a potato every day because, you know, when you just, it feels like, you feel like a potato and that's okay. I really haven't been sleeping. Um, Last week I woke up at five o'clock every single day, like right at five o'clock. And I blame this full moon. That's why I woke up at 3.30. That's why I immediately texted my best friend, Sean, being like, hey, did you wake up at 3.30? She's like, yep, mm-hmm, yep, it's the full moon. So it's, that's great. It's been great. Uh, Try to think, past week. Um, been going on more hikes. It's been beautiful out, really good weather. Super thankful for that since it's all that we can really do right now because LA is on full lockdown. But you know, we got to think about the positive and things are going to change and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, this episode is with Mike Horgan. If you remember Ryan Horgan from two episodes ago, yeah, this is his twin brother, which is super dope. Super, super dope. Mike is awesome. This was the first time that I met him on our Zoom call. And we talk about his past relationships before COVID, his dating life during COVID, what he's learned about himself, what he did to help himself, like learn more about love and relationships. And like just super cool. I have never met somebody that actually wanted to learn like that. He read books. He read books. I wish I liked reading books. I like audiobooks. I like podcasts, but I he's just such a cool dude and his insight was very awesome. Like just super super cool. And let's just get into it. It like comes out and sometimes it doesn't and it did for one second. So we're <laughs> going to restart that one. We're going to start. Yeah. We're going to restart. Here we have Mike Horgan on this episode. Mike, so good to officially meet you. So good to meet you too. I've heard so much about you. Yes, from from your brother that was on the last episode and mutual friends. Tell my listeners who you are and what you do and all that good shit. Yeah, so besides from being Ryan's twin brother, um, yes. I'm also an accountant. Also grew up in New Jersey. I, I currently live in Philly, uh, really into running and traveling and whatnot. Um, but besides that, I, you know, have gone through some pretty interesting experiences recently related to your podcast, and I'm excited yes. to talk about them with you. 
I'm stoked. Both smart boys. You guys are smart and like well-rounded people. And I think I love like, cause I, I have a couple friends that are twins and I love like being with both of them and like seeing the differences and like similarities, you know? Yeah. You could definitely do like a nature versus nurture like uh, yeah. experiment on us. Yeah, um, exactly. We're very different people, I think. And we have you'll probably see from this podcast we have very different outlooks uh but the the one thing i'll say is uh everything ryan said on on the podcast that i listen to is is super genuine and that's just like who he is all the time and Mm. uh you know he's given me a lot of advice through uh through rough times and it's helped a lot and he's he's always the one to be positive so uh yeah that's you're a good brother that's really nice of you to say that but no you're totally right it's totally true and I am so just stoked that you wanted to come on here. I'm so stoked that like you texted Ryan and be like, hey, um, this is a really good podcast. Let me come on. And then now we're meeting for the first time. So this is very exciting. Yeah, I'm super excited and I'm glad to meet you. And I think uh, I think we're we have a good conversation store. Oh, oh, yes, I am ready. So before we get into COVID or the many different names you want to call COVID. Um, what was your dating life before the virus happened? Yeah, so I've been in in two long-term relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, one in college, one like right after college. And uh, without going into like personal details, I guess the way I'll describe them and I'll describe them metaphorically for you. Okay, there I'll we go. Say, I'll say the first one was like, climbing a bunch of tiny hills so it was like up down up down up down like a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and then it you know it ended um after about two years uh and then the second one also was about two years and it was more like climbing mount everest and just going like straight up for like a while and then it was like a very slow downhill for a while if uh if you can picture it like that metaphorically so that that that's about the differences between the two relationships uh, that's so interesting and i've never heard somebody talk about relationships like climbing up a mountain like that wow that actually like while while you were saying that i literally was picturing like myself climbing up a mountain <laughs> <laughs> thinking, that's uh, cool yeah outside and doing real things <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're doing. We could climb up a mountain. We could climb up a hill right now. It's yeah, outdoors. Like, yeah, it's, it counts. I did that the other day with Nick and Amanda, actually. So wow, was it freezing? No, it was actually before we got hit with a nor'easter. So ah, it was perfect. smart, very, very smart. It is yesterday here. It was eighty-five degrees. Well, that's California. <laughs> I know. No. Oh, also, like you lived in my hometown. Yeah, I did. We we lived there for four years growing up. It That's was, so crazy. The only thing I really remember is getting to swim outside on Christmas and being yeah. like, this isn't normal. No, <laughs> it's then, not normal. <laughs> and then like being sad next year when I got back and that wasn't the, the case anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I, I really don't know if I like it or not. Like I, I mean, I've been here for Christmas, like every year back at home, but I'm like so used to the East coast. And when everyone was telling me about the storm that just happened, I was like, I don't even, I I miss that so much. I miss making a snow angel and just like trekking through disgusting city snow. Is that, I feel like, I don't know if that 
if that's it, good or there's not. something nice about having a change every quarter of the year something new i mean yeah. it, it's, it sucks when you're like walking to work in the morning and there's a wind chill then you're like yeah i should just retire and move to california or something like that yeah but uh besides that you know there's there's a lot of positives to it yeah no i i agree with you completely okay so we have your analogy or about climbing up the mountain in your past relationships before and it's that seemed two very different relationships it sounded like yeah very very different but also very similar in how they started and that is something maybe we can talk about a little later uh but all all i, I want to open up with a question for you yeah yeah so one thing that's really i've thought about recently um and has come up in in uh dating is uh this idea of does there need to be a spark in the relationship for it to be for it to start what and be indicative of a good relationship interesting that's an interesting question i think i think it depends i don't know if you really need that spark right away with somebody i feel like the first date like you really don't no, like you're getting to know the person, but I don't think there needs to be the spark right away. If you feel that there's something, there's some kind of connection, then yeah, I think like going on a second or third date for sure. But then I think by then, especially by the third date, if you don't feel a spark, then I don't think that you should continue. Okay. And do you think these, these feelings like love and, and feel, falling for somebody, do you think that that's something that is out of your control? Is this just supposed to be a feeling that happens out of your control? Or do you think that's like a choice you make? I think it's a choice. I oh, yeah. don't believe, I mean, uh, I don't believe in love at first sight. I don't think that's a thing. I think that you have to get to know somebody to really say those words. Especially, also, I am terrified to say I love you. Like I haven't said I love you to anybody. So that's like super scary for me. And I uh, I mean the word love uh, I just the word love is just super scary. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a really big step to take in in a relationship to make yourself vulnerable in that way. And yeah. so now, uh, you know, you actually answered the way that I thought you weren't going to answer. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, I think generally most people think of this idea of love just happening to you and love being out of your control. Or this whole idea of like, if you don't fall for them when you first meet them, it's like not real, right? But mm -hmm. I'm going to quote vague, like loosely um, this famous feminist philosopher, Bell Hooks. And she said that, um, she says in one of her books that she wrote that I read recently called All About Love, that um, the biggest lie that, you know, America's marketing and consumerism has told us is that, um, in all the romantic movies, is that love is just this feeling that happens out of your control. Um, she said that real love and commitment and, and a deep relationship is a choice you make, mm -hmm. um, that you decide this is a person you want to be with. And the whole idea of love at first sight is just falling in love with the idea of the person or falling in love with the image of the person and not really getting to know the person or, or really loving the person um, for, for who they are as a person. And so, um, you know, going back to those two mountain relationships I discussed, <laughs> um, those two relationships, I 
I fell for them as soon as I met them. Um, and as soon as I met them, I was going to do anything to, uh, to make their relationship work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I've really, I, I don't want to say that I didn't really love them, but cause I did, but, um, in terms of like why you, why I got into the relationships in the first place and how, when I was committed to it, was I really, uh, looking at the relationship from holistically, like from a commitment perspective of were they really, uh, is this really a good dynamic, a healthy dynamic that can be clouded if you kind of look at it from the onset of the person as like an image rather than an individual mm -hmm. and um, really falling for them over time or really after getting to know them, um, which I think is, you know, it is something that maybe works out if, if you just fall for somebody early on and then they just end up being like a compatible person with you. But right. a lot of times it, it doesn't end up that way and you end up uh, kind of mixed in terms of like you really like this person but then there's all these signals and it's like is this really mm -hmm. what I want but you convince yourself yeah this is really what I want because I have this feeling and it's so hard to get this feeling um, and you kind of like don't look at the relationship objectively um, so there's another like point I guess to relationships and and this is kind of like a trade-off I think to look at is the the difference between like mindfulness in a relationship and just going off of like passion and feelings right yes yes so I'd be interested to see what you think about that but like one of the things I I think I did in those two relationships was um I was all about just the feeling all about following my my gut feeling of it and and I, I, I never really took a step back and thought like, well, why, what is going on here? Is this sustainable? Like, why is it dynamic like it is? Um, because I thought like, it's just a feeling like I got to follow my gut feeling. And, you know, one of the things I really realized uh, after the fact and through a lot of reading is like, you know, it's not necessarily being cold or being, um, and you know anti-passionate or not loving to really look at a relationship mindfully because in a lot of ways it's showing you care more because you're showing that you're committed to building the, uh, the healthy relationship and and challenging the other person and being like and not worrying about just like pissing them off or something by by trying to call things out right like you're mm -hmm. you're really trying to work towards building a stronger relationship um yeah, I 100% agree with you. I also think people get the like think that infatuation and love are the same thing. Like I feel like especially when we were younger, we see all all the 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 TV and the movie, like the entertainment industry really makes love look so easy and like an easy feeling to have when it really isn't and especially like when we're younger, I feel like in when you're in relationships i wasn't in a relationship in high school like this is the first relationship i'm in is right now and i feel like as kids we want like we see all of this on screens and we want that but we don't actually know what that actually is also especially like we're thinking down in our like other areas too when we think that's love and it's like no we literally just want to have sex with you like that's it yeah i mean the, the whole <laughs> not leading with your head uh the yeah. right head, uh thing joke you know definitely holds true like there's there's definitely uh situations like that where you where you got to think of it 
more holistically and, and make those choices, not just off of appearance. Because then if you do that, what's what's to stop somebody else from doing that to you? Being like, oh, you think you're a really good person or a really interesting person, but this person just looks at the shinier object and is like, well, I don't care. You're not as good looking as this other person. Like you would exactly. want you would want the same treatment, right? Yeah. Uh, just like with love at first sight. Like, yeah, you can see somebody and you think that they're very attractive, but they could be a complete asshole. Yeah. And and you might, if you're not mindful about it, you might feel compelled to like give them more chances than you would somebody who you weren't as attracted to. And that's not in a way to like it's not like a puritanistic way to think about it where it's like you need to be super morally sound about your relationships and you're not allowed to make mistakes or anything like, no, everybody makes mistakes in a relationship. Everybody has, uh, you know, their weaknesses and certain things that they aren't perfect about dating. And that's part of dating. It's like, you know, you make the mistakes, you learn from them. There's no like handbook that you is ingrained into your mind. Uh, if the there was a to- handbook, like I maybe it would be actually, I really don't think it'd be easier if there was a handbook about <laughs> how to fall in love. That really, no, that would probably make things worse. Yeah, I mean, I depending on your your personality, like I'm a very like planner, analytical person, so like I like to look at things logically and be like, well, if I do X, Y, and Z or everything, like why shouldn't it work out this way? Or if they say X, Y, Z, why should it, shouldn't it work this way? And it's like you know, it, it never always works that way. Like you can't predict how people are going to act. You can't really understand people's feelings. Um, even if they say something to you on the, on the face level, there is a certain amount of like interpretation of reality you kind of got to do. Um, and, and, uh, that's just part of, part of dating and part of realizing, you know, what, what you want out of a relationship, what you're willing to tolerate and everything. And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I mean, you look at the move going back to the movies, you look at like all the movies where they break up and then the guy goes and does something super romantic, like the beatbox outside the house or yep. like, going to the airport. And, you know, it's kind of ingrained in your mind that you have to do this big flashy gesture in order to, you know, win somebody over at the end when at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, reality is like the movie. He's not just not that into you, except yeah. without the, except without the ending. Yeah, you know, without the happy ending. Like I'm not trying to be a downer, but like that's what that's what happens most most of the time. No, it's true. And, I agree. And you know, you sometimes you'll be like, well, uh, my friend and his girlfriend they broke up and they got back together a couple of months later. Blah blah blah. And, you know, you just start putting these things in your head, like, oh, well, it could work out, blah, 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 or this could happen, blah, blah, blah. But, like, honestly, if, if you want to move on, if you want to have a healthy relationship and everything, you really can't can't think that way because all it is is just, uh, you know, creating a lot of, like, you're, you're just holding on to the purpose that that person held in your life, which is a great thing to to acknowledge and 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 feel for because, you know, people get purpose from relationships with yeah. other people and yeah you feel really great about yourself when somebody else cares about you um but you can't you can't let it be your entire life um and you know you gotta live your own life to a degree after the fact and just realize like well you got two you have two paths to go from here right like you can either dwell on it and just really not 
move on with your life or you can move on with your life and something else is probably going to happen down the road. I'm not a believer in like fate or anything. Like when everybody says, oh, well, in time you'll find the right person or, oh, you just got to wait. And when you least expect it, you'll find it. Like, I don't think that's how life works. I, it would be nice if that's how life works. Yeah. But um, I, I just think it's all about the situations you put yourself in. And if you put yourself in a situation where you're working on yourself and you're being social and you're, you're doing things that you like to do, you'll become a more desirable person and you'll be a person that is in position to meet somebody new. And, you know, you'll eventually, if you put that type of effort in, you'll find somebody that uh, has the equal level of commitment to you. Um, and, and things work out that way. <laughs> I'm snapping for you. I love I, everything that you just said. There, there is a reason why people come in and out of your lives. They, at least, I believe, like everything happens for a reason, and there's a reason why they were here for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, and they leave. They teach you something that could be for the worst or it could be for the better. But you got to move on. Like you have to move on. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's tough when it's like you want that person to still be a part of your life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at least in the short term, I think it's pretty much impossible for that to happen in like a very, in a way that's like constructive or healthy. Um, I agree. You know, to, to move on and everything like that. Um, so I guess I'll get into, again, I'm not going to get into like super details, but, you know, so my second relationship um, ended right before COVID hit, like probably, I think like two weeks before. I was just um, about to ask you about COVID time. So yes, continue. Yeah. So then, you know, then there, there was COVID time. Um, And yeah, I, I would say it was like, I almost reverted a little bit back to the end of my first relationship where it was like, well, I don't really want a commitment right now. I kind of dated a lot of people and didn't really you know want to uh want to do anything serious because I was like well I'm not gonna really have strong feelings this close after a long-term relationship it was like two years after my first relationship that I was ready for another relationship Mm -hmm. and I was like well I I don't think anytime soon I'll get in another relationship um but you know I did end up getting in another relationship um and you know going back to what we talked about earlier with like the first sight type thing versus Mm -hmm. the really getting to know a person like uh this situation was like a yeah I wasn't I didn't fall at first sight um but I I over time I was like wow I I do really like this person and like there was something that made me not want to cut it off after like two dates like I usually was doing because I like there was just I you know something about the person I, I just really liked um and if I'm going to do another mountain analogy, it was like you're climbing, you're hiking, and it's like super foggy. So you really can't see ahead of you at all, like where mm-hmm. you're going. You can't see it, but you're starting to feel like a slight incline. Um, wow, I'm loving and, these right now. <laughs> and then suddenly you just fall off the cliff because you didn't see there was an edge. So that that's, oh, fuck. that's that analogy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for the curveball. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, so... When did you feel comfortable dating during COVID? Because I know, I mean, you, in the middle of COVID, the cases weren't as high, but what made you want to get yourself out there? Yeah, so 
during right when COVID hit was like my busy season for work. So like I was pretty busy working late for about a month into COVID after that long-term breakup. And it was like, I didn't really have time for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, towards the spring and the summer, COVID kind of died down a little bit and people were starting, people were starting to like meet in person and everything. Um, So I kind of, so I, you know, started getting back into it and I felt like it was the right thing to do at that point where I could start dating again. Although I probably wasn't thinking about it in the right mindset because I was still like, uh, well, I'm not really looking for anything serious right now because like, I, I just don't think it would be a positive thing after a long-term relationship to find somebody and then get into a long-term relationship. So mm-hmm. I kind of had that from the onset. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I did a lot of introspection after that long-term relationship. And then I had to do a lot more introspection after the, the shorter one mm-hmm. um, that happened in, in the middle of COVID. And it was like, you know, I really wasn't setting myself up. Like, you know, I wanted to find a, a good relationship and a solid relationship but the my mindset going into dating at that point I, I really wasn't setting myself up for a good relationship um because I was just thinking thinking with no expectations no I no commitment or, or everything so like um I guess that was part of it where it's like it was kind of like a little bit of a I was very cautious and 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 uh, I guess reserved going into dating again. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where it was like, well, maybe maybe it wasn't the right mindset to go into it. And that's kind of how things ended, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, then, you know, I did a lot of introspection after that. And I was like, well, you know, maybe just dating for the hell of dating isn't the best thing to do. Um, you know, maybe... I should be more thoughtful about dating. Maybe I should be more, you know, invested in it when I, when I'm doing it and not just see it as just an experience. Right. Cause I always kept thinking like, well, you know, if I'm not serious about it right now, at least I'm getting some type of dating experience for like what I'm looking for. And at least I'm getting back out there and everything. But, um, you know, then I finally found a situation that I wanted a commitment with and, it was like I, for half of the relationship, I wasn't thinking about seriously. Right. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't acting and thinking about the way that I really wanted for what what my real end goal was. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's where it's kind of like, after that, I was like, yeah, you, you, you need to think about this a lot more, Mike. Like what, what are you, what are your end goals? Like what means, are you going to do to get there and was what you were doing really the right, the right way to go about it. And I was like, probably not like, um, but also like I felt um, a lot of the lessons I learned after that one long-term relationship, I kind of overcompensated for and going into like dating again. So um, one concept that we can touch on maybe a little bit is, yes, you know, this idea of, um, codependency or how close do you need to be with with your partner right yeah like it for you in a relationship what what does independence look like to you 
in a relationship? Um, well, like I said, I, this is the first relationship I've ever been in. And I am a very independent person. And learning with this relationship, it's kind of at times like when I, I tell him things or like just shooting the shit or saying like if I'm in a really bad like emotional place and he's actually listening and like communicating with me, I'm like, oh, that that feels nice. Like that actually, I don't have to work something out on my own. Like that, that's something that you can depend on with your partner that if you're going through a rough time, they're there for you. But independence, like you still can live your life. Like you don't have to spend every waking moment with your partner. You don't have to have the same friends. Like if he has girlfriends, like I want him to go and like hang out. And like, I have a lot of dudes. I have a lot of guy friends in my life. And Mm -hmm. if I want to like, hang out with them that's okay but it's okay to have separate lives and not spend 24 7 together i don't know if that is the best thing to do so i i'm i'm gonna give you like a lot of props (laughs) because for for your first relationship it seems like you really have already like applied a lot of things that you know, we're learning lessons from me. Into- I have learned like from experiences from like my situationships and all of the shitty relationships like that my friends and my family, I've taken so many notes on what I want and what I don't want. And I, I mean, thank you. I, I appreciate that. But it took what, 26 years to finally <laughs> like figure all of this out. So I, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's just super interesting. Yeah. So I, I think one way of describing it might be um, independence and um, what word am I thinking of? Uh, vulnerability are not mutually ah. exclu- are not mutually exclusive, right? Yes. Yep. So you can you can be vulnerable with your partner and you can you know lean on them and still be independent. Um, yes. And and the idea of independence in a relationship does not mean that you're trying to keep one foot out the door just in case it does not mean that you're not fully committed to them it means that both of you want each other to uh want to love the person that is you know living their best life and and being um you know their own individual person and you love that individual person you don't love the fact that you're just connected to this person Mm -hmm. um and i think that's you know that's really important um but it can be tough in relationships because a lot of people, you know, at, at, at least at the beginning of relationships that, that bond, you know, kind of you, you start to see each other as, um, and I'm, I'm borrowing things from stuff yeah. I've read. These aren't my own words. You start to see each other as, as one individual, right. And that mm-hmm. you're not separate from that person. And that's where this whole once, once that's like the honeymoon phase, right? Yeah. And once you get out of that honeymoon phase and you start to see each other as individuals, right? It's it's that's where it's kind of like for a lot of relationships, kind of the make or break it, where it's like, all right, can we come out of this and and really be our own individuals, but still keep this like intimacy and and closeness, um, which is which is going to be the long term piece of the relationship, whereas the honeymoon phase is always short term. And the initial spark is always short, short, short term, right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of relationships where you you have the spark and then it dies for one person, and then 
you know, you never get that commitment to go forward and, and have like a, a deeper relationship. Right. Um, so if I'm thinking about like the second, the hill, right. Yes. The like the, or the giant mountain, right. Climbing yes. very high and then a very slow downhill where it's mm-hmm. like kind of realizing that and, and kind of realize trying to separate yourself and trying to be an individual and then it just doesn't really work out um which i think it's so hard sorry to cut you off i just i think right now like during covid when you really shouldn't be seeing many people and you're in a relationship that's probably the only person that you really see maybe besides like one other person but you're spending a lot of fucking time with your partner and what i think not becoming one it might be harder because you can't go see other people like you can't you have to be so cautious about what's going on and did you notice in in your relationship that because it was during covid like you were were you spending more time with that person than maybe doing something else you wanted to do because you're scared of the outside world um well, no, because like I said, I kind of overcompensated. So it was like, right. um, and again, I don't want to get like too much in the details, no, but no, no. it was like, uh, I created a lot of space, right? Because I thought that's what was needed to mm-hmm. to create like a, a longer standing healthy relationship. Um, and I kind of skipped over that initial bonding piece, which is necessary to, to start the, uh, the long-term piece of the relationship so that was kind of like the oh well kind of shot myself in the foot there but like you know it's it's one of those things where also you don't don't beat yourself up over it afterwards because no. there's there's always multiple factors and that there's not um not like it's not like that was the end all be all the only reason that it didn't work out i'm sure there's other reasons uh that's just maybe the most pronounced uh reflection <laughs> but but um but yeah, I mean, I, I, it was weird with COVID because like, you're making a good point, like you kind of want to connect to somebody, but I kind of thought the opposite thing because I was like, well, I don't want to fall for somebody just because of the environment, the COVID environment, or like, do I really only want this person for the comfort of COVID or do I act like if the world was normal, would I really like this person right now? Yeah. And that was always getting in my head, like well, maybe I wouldn't really like this person if if um, we were outside COVID and the world was normal. Um, I don't think that was the case with this last one, but um, but yeah, I, I, that's, I was actually more cautious because of COVID, not less cautious. Interesting. I, it makes sense, but yeah, that's very, very, do you think that you were not pulling away, that's not the word, but creating that space because of your past relationships and you didn't want something to happen like it happened in the past yeah I mean I think I think I you know I had in my past relationships I had very much opened up uh who I was to that person and that person became a part of my identity Mm -hmm. um and you know when they ended it was very hard to refine my identity right and I didn't want to find myself in that position so quickly. And I also didn't want to find myself in the position of spending all my time with that person. And then 
us just like getting bored of each other and and everything. I, I really wanted and I to create like a healthy long-term relationship with each of us going off and doing our own things with no judgment and everything. And, you know, I thought that that was what was going on, but I also, I guess, had some things in the back of my mind where it's like, Oh, well, maybe this isn't, maybe I'm not doing this right. But I also, I wasn't as mindful or as pushy about it mm-hmm. in terms of like bringing up the point. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you're always impacted by your past relationships and who you oh, are. Sure. It, I'm a big believer that everybody is just a reflection of the people they interact with in their lives. Whether you choose to interact with that person or not um, is a different question. But, um, you know, I'm, I think I'm just, all I am is just a reflection of the people I spend my time with, um, to be yeah. honest. And, um, you know, I look at relationships from my past perspectives and my past relationships, which is completely different than what somebody else is going to look at relationships or, or look at situations. And so that's why it was so important for me to uh, read a lot of books and talk to a lot of people and try to get like an unbiased, independent perspective on, on relationships and everything, because that's really the only way you're going to see if there's, you're doing something unhealthy, right? Or if there's something that you need to change or, and how to change it. Um, because unless you, you're, you're getting that exposure to a, a different thought or different opinion, you're either um, not getting the validation for the right things that you're doing, or you're thinking that it's okay continuing to do what you're doing, which isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you're, you're right. I'm like, yeah, everything that you've said is absolutely right. And you, you touched on it, like you ended the relationship ended and you said that you, you read a lot of books and you really like soul search. You're really finding who you are during this time. And what do you think you've learned? And honestly, like what other books did you read? Because I wish I read more. So maybe you'll help me read. (laughs) All right. So what, First, I'll say the books. Um, so All About Love by Bell Hooks, which is, I think it's a book everybody should read. It's basically a philosophy book by um, this, she's a black feminist author. And I just think it's absolutely amazing, just her perspective. And she shares very intimate details of of her life as as examples and how she goes about relationships. And I, I you know, I really leaned on her perspectives um after my breakups reading her book and and how she was came out came out of her relationships and built a healthier life for herself and everything uh the 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 one book that i think is more of a self-help book that a lot of people have heard of is called codependent no more um which is really famous it's basically like this woman who was a aa counselor and she basically observed like uh, spouses of alcoholics and why they kept with alcoholics or serial cheaters and why they stayed with that, that person when, you know, objectively you could remove yourself from that situation and find a happier situation, but you became dependent on this person and Mm -hmm. you couldn't remove yourself from the situation. And that's more for like the person who realized they were in an unhealthy relationship and want to, be like, why did I do that? And kind of see objectively like, oh, you know, these are kind of why I did that, you know, 
I'm not going to be too hard on myself about it, but you know, these are some good learning lessons to really respect myself and really make sure you're in a relationship where you feel like you are being treated as an individual and as a, as a human being and not being, you know, used or abused or, or whatnot. Um, so that was a really good book. And then uh, the one that I just read, which is probably my favorite is called The Road Less Traveled. And it's by Scott Peck. He's a psychiatrist. I'm pretty sure it was written in like the seventies or eighties, but he goes, and it's meant that book is mentioned a lot in Bell Hooks All About Love. That's how I heard about it. Um, and he goes into so much detail just about the different facets of relationships and you know a lot of the things i've been saying have been barred from some of the things he wrote about in terms of like the connection initial connection and separation and the individual he gets into a lot of the psychological aspects of relationships and and intimacy and commitment that you know if anything even if you're not into like um research or psychiatry which i'm not i'm an accountant it it was a really good it was really interesting for me to really see all of the inner details of, you know, relationships and, and all of the psychology behind it, because it, it helps you make sense of your feelings and it, and it helps you acknowledge your feelings and be like, it's, it's normal to feel this way, or, you know, I feel this way. Okay. What do I do? Or, you know, I want to create a healthy relationship, but I'm not sure that I am. How do I go about doing that? And th- this book really, he covers pretty much everything you could think of in relationships um, in, in a really, really well articulated way. So wow. those, are, those are the three books that I read and I would highly recommend to anybody who's really trying to take like an introspective look. I also want to say that uh, I do not have all the answers and that I'm not an expert and I, st- I, I make a lot of mistakes still and everything. So this isn't like a me trying to come from from some place of authority or whatever, because I'm not, I'm just coming from my own experiences and the things that helped me. Um, And there are very different ways that relationships can work out and very different philosophies for relationships. And I acknowledge that. And that's that I'm not trying to say that there's one roadmap um, at all. Um, But the fact that you, I, I, my mind is so blown right now. Like your brother was right. Like you're such a cool person. Like the (laughs) fact that, the fact that as a male, you have put the time to self-reflect about relationship. Like I've never talked to a guy that has done anything like this. And I think it's so fucking awesome that you want to dive more into relationships and dive more into what works, what doesn't work. And just, it's so, it's just so cool. It is very, very cool that you did this for yourself. And I can't wait for the listeners to hear this too, because this is such great information. So thank you. Like, seriously, thank you for being this person and just doing this for yourself. Well, the, first off, those words mean a lot, and I really appreciate it. It's um, true. Um, but, you know, it, and this is going to get into maybe another point, but, you know, you, you need to be selfish in life, and you need to be comfortable with yourself. And that doesn't mean that you can't be caring and loving to a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm the biggest hopeless romantic. I'm the biggest, like, want to 
get married and have kids and everything. And, and I really want that type of relationship where, you know, I can just spend the rest of my life with somebody, right? Um, and at the same time, though, I, I can't make that my identity. And I can't be like, as soon as I f- get married and have kids, life is going to be fine. And that's going to be a solution to all my problems or loneliness in life, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you need to be able to be comfortable with being your own person and, and get joy from yourself. And then have that relationship, have that family and everything. And yep. it be, be ancillary and parallel and not, not the answer, the solution to whatever is wrong, is wrong in your life. And so, you know, going through, um, you know, I, I'm lucky in that I've been in love three times in my life. I don't think a lot of people can say that at 27 or at all. You know, a lot of people don't, don't fall in love that many times. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm lucky that that happened right to me because I've, been able to experience like really great highs uh with those people and also you know really low lows after it but you know i'm the only reason i read those books and everything is like i'm committed to finding something that works and like i thought in those situations that i did fall in love that i did have some something that worked realized after the fact it didn't work and i had to find an answer to it. And, and, you know, that's really what drove me to do all the reading that drove me to talk to a lot of people um, and everything and, and try and, you know, read a bunch of articles online and stuff. Um, watch a bunch of Ted talks. I could recommend some good Ted talks too. Yes. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's really the driving force behind it. And it's selfish. It's not, it's not anything other than me just trying to find the right situation for me and, getting all the knowledge I can to, to get there. Honestly. That's the business. That's the businessman in you. That's the accountant in you. <laughs> Try to get the answers yeah. by reading and doing all of that. I, I hate reading. I hate reading. I'm not good at math. I feel geometry th- three, twice, <laughs> three times, but I don't know if you can really count geometry as real math. I don't no, know. I don't, I don't catch just shapes. <laughs> right. I think it's just fucking shapes. Like whatever. What is your next step? So You've read these books. You've learned about yourself. Do you want to get back into the dating or are you still just going to do you? Yeah. Um, so this time around, I did a lot of really, you know, the first time around, it was more, okay, how do I need to act in relation to relationships? And like, what is a healthy relationship? This time around was more of, okay, what is a healthy individual? What is a healthy Michael? And in a lot of ways, this time around, it was focused on what are my values in life? What do I care about for just me uh, outside of just relationships? Because if you want to be in a committed relationship, you, you can't just work on the idea of a good relationship. You got to work on yourself as well. Yep. Yep. So this, this second time around was really like, all right, well, I thought I applied a lot of things. I know I made some mistakes, but, you know, w- what can I just do a- to be happy with myself. And that was like finding my values, finding things that I can do, hobbies that I can do that I just enjoy by myself. So I I used to run a lot in college, Mm -hmm. um, like competitively kind of. And so I got back into that and I've been really enjoying doing that. You know, I like to read, so reading more. Um, 
and, and things like that. Just doing things that make give you a sense of self purpose outside of some external measure, some per, external person, something that you just enjoy yourself. Um, so that's been really my my big takeaway this time around is like, yeah, like um, whether I'm going to be dating again soon or not, I I want to lead my life with a set of, you know, morals or, or, you know, values that I feel like I can do individually, and I can get a sense of purpose individually. Um, and, you know, a lot of that was re reevaluating what are my motivations? Like, um, am I going on a trip? Or am I doing this just so I can like post on social media? Or am I doing it? Yes, like, right? Yeah, so I actually, I actually deleted all my social media because I was like, um, you know, what, this might be an extreme thing to do. And it's not like everybody should do this. But I was just like, you know, I would go to a, a national park, and I would just take a bunch of photos and post photos of it. And it's like, well, why couldn't I just experience the national park and have fun? Because I like doing that. Why did yes. I have to, why did I have to post that to get likes and everything? Um, cause social media is all a facade. Like it's not real life. If you could be posting something and it looks amazing, but that real like you couldn't, you can't, you might not be feeling that you're just yeah, doing it, it for other people to fucking see. Yeah. You're trying to make people think that you are living life is a great, great. life yeah. yeah, or that, uh, or that you're doing amazing things and you want that validation from people. Um, and I was like, I don't want to feel validation from somebody else anymore. I want to feel validation from, from myself. So that's mm -hmm. why I, you know, deleted social media and I went and did stuff that I like to do for fun because I like to do it. And it didn't matter that I wasn't posting a photo of it at the end of the day because I enjoyed it myself and nobody else needed to see that I enjoyed myself for me to actually feel like I enjoyed myself. I fucking love that i literally have a conversation i think every day about social media to people because social media has been giving me so much anxiety since oh god since the beginning since the beginning of uh the pandemic and i have deleted the facebook and instagram app off my phone that i only go on my computer and i only install the instagram app when i'm posting something about the podcast Mm. And it feels so much better. Like I don't post, I haven't posted in like three, four months, except if it's about the podcast and mm -hmm. it feels so much better. Cause I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Yeah. You're like, not looking at notifications or likes. Or no. Anything. Yeah. It's so, it's so much better. Like, Oh my God. I love that you deleted everything that good for you. That's amazing. Yeah, and and again, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this or anything. This is but if just, it's good for you, then yeah, fucking do per it. Personally, what's worked for me, um, and there's a lot of different intermediate ways that things can work for other people, and you know, you can still be happy in in yourself and be on social media. It's not like you can't be. It's not like everybody who's on Facebook is a fake person. I don't think that's right. true. Right. Um, I'm just saying, like, you know, personally, these are the things that really worked for me, and that helped me in in times where I was trying to like introspectively find myself more and things like that you are doing you and I love that I I I really I just I love this I I'm like again like I can't wait for people to hear this episode I'm so excited
I'm just so, uh, this is awesome. So cool. Do yeah, you have, ex- oh, sorry, continue. No, I was just saying it's like really awesome talking to you and everything. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations or more words of wisdom for people that just got out of relationships, in relationship, finding yourself during this time, like anything else? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm single, right? So (laughs) maybe I'm not the, again, I'm not like the, the uh, ultimate authority here, but you know, I think a lot of people put so much of themselves into relationships and a lot of effort into relationships and, you know, human beings are meant to be cohabitate, cohabitate and everything. Right. So like this whole idea of falling in love and being with somebody, I, I'm a big believer in it. And I think it's, it's great, but also life does not always work out the way you want it to work out. And even if you think you put in all this effort, even if you felt like you had this unique love that nobody else in the world has ever matched, um, in reality, people break up all the time, every day. And yes. your situation, although it feels really unique, it, it's, it's an experience that a lot of people have multiple times in their lives. So, you know, if you find that committed person and you're happy in a committed relationship, I would say don't second guess it. Don't, don't um, overestimate it. Don't underestimate it. Like just, you know, be happy with it and work on it because that's really hard to find. Um, But if you're not in a super committed relationship or you're, you just got out of a relationship and you're sad, I would say one, don't beat yourself up. Don't blame yourself because, you know, introspection is good. It's good to like, see where you, what you did wrong and, and work on it. But like, if you just let yourself like feel miserable and feel selfless, nobody else is going to, you know, nobody's going to see your self-worth unless you create your self-worth yourself too. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's only, you know, if you want the positive, if you want to be back in a committed relationship day, one day, and you, and you want to, you know, find that type of like happiness, you know, you got to be committed to just being happy yourself and, and not looking for somebody to save you from it, uh, from your, you know, your pain and everything. Mapping um, again. Which is a hard thing to do because, you know, like I said, after my relationships, I put a lot of emotional weight in them and mm-hmm. I did not want those people out of my life. I did not want, um, I did not want to picture my life without those people because I really let them in. And when I let people in, I don't like letting people out of my life. But, you know, um, the way that I reflect on it is, like, I think of, like, a really sad story of, like, somebody's, somebody's, uh, who was married for 20 years and got divorced because somebody got cheated on or somebody who, whose spouse died of cancer or something. And I'm like, if that person can move on, um, then, you know, I can move on, right? And, Although this person meant a lot to me in my life, um, dwelling on it is not is and thinking that they were the end all be all is not going to be the the way to move on because at some point you just need a reality check and be like, yep, you know, it it was special but not unique to the point where it's you're not going to find somebody else. So, absolutely right. That yeah, that is a good yeah. Just yes. 
just all yes seriously mike thank you so much for wanting to be on this um i thank you for welcoming me with open arms of course i would ask like give everyone your social media but you don't have your social media so yeah so so this is oh my and now we're friends and there you have it that was one fucking awesome episode with mike i like i said super super cool dude i i'm just you know there are some good guys out in this world and he's definitely one of them the fact that he has really just learned about himself and it's really just really fucking awesome it's really really cool the horgan boys they're fantastic mike so so fucking cool if you like this episode like share subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, on Google, on Anchor, on the Gram, still thinking about the Twitter. And until next time on It's Not Me, It's COVID, I'll see you later.